0: gentlemen boys and girls welcome back to basketball conference the ACC football podcast my name is Joey Weaver he is Mike McDaniel Mike first question week seven in the ACC if you had to describe it in one word what is the word that you're pulling out to describe this week of ACC football blows (laughs) that's a spirit all right well until next time for Mr. Mike
1: McDaniel And podcast is over, Joey. (laughs) We've done a good job selling this. Oh, no. This is a, in all seriousness, this is not a great schedule this weekend. Let's call it what it is. It
0: is not great. But you know what? We'll make the most of it, Joey, as we always do. Here's the thing. It picks up from here, I promise. There's almost five ACC games next week, as it turns out. But um, almost five, almost, almost five. five. There's almost five. There's five this week. There's almost five next week. So it is a, is a thrilling uh, time to be an ACC fan. But Mike, here's the thing. And I, and I want to consider this as we go. There's only five games this week. I would offer that there is plenty of opportunity for this to get weird. Is that fair? I think we can, we can agree on that. Always, always room for it to get weird. Always. There, That's, there is, uh, there's a ACC football being played. I mean, it, it could get weird.
1: I'm just trying right. not to lose my shirt on on any of these games. I am going to fade uh, my statement of walk of the year. <laughs> We're going to fade that on this week's podcast. because That did not go great last week, and I'm not going to have a repeat performance of that.
0: It reminds me of a South Park episode where they're trying to get a list from the girls, and they come up with – Plan cannot possibly fail a second time, which I'll just leave that right there. Which, Let's kick I mean, it off. It like it failed, it failed the first time. Let's not make it twice. Can't possibly fail a second time because the, the original operation was cannot possibly fail. So there's that. Yeah. Let's kick it off, Mike. Seven o'clock on ESPN. Two, the number sixteen Miami Hurricanes on the road in Charlottesville, taking on your Virginia Cavaliers. There are six and excuse me, the Hurricanes, our Hurricanes, are a six and a half point favorite in this game. Miami coming off a big win over Florida State. It was a big comeback win, emotional win at home, rivalry game, all this good stuff. I, you know, and, and it's like, okay, just objectively neutral field, the whole thing. Is Miami six and a half points better than Virginia? Probably. Miami probably should win the Coastal at this point and should, by all accounts, be more talented than Virginia. But am, am I crazy for maybe being a little bit not ready to trust Miami coming off this game they come off of, and going to Charlottesville and keeping the momentum rolling and looking really convincing in a place like Charlottesville? You know, in theory, they're about a
1: touchdown better. Even on the road. Even on the road, in theory, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, pick your own adventure with Miami and Virginia. Um, Miami made it way too interesting last week. Nicosi Perry has to play better. Um, he was pretty solid his first couple starts, not as solid last Saturday. But, hey, man, he threw four touchdowns. And like we said on the recap, did enough to get the job done and get the W. Um, I, it, this is weird here, right, because I think Virginia is a good football team. I think Miami, talent-wise, is a lot better than Virginia. The only problem is Miami's having a lot of trouble and they've had a lot of trouble under Mark Rick blowing a lot of teams out or at least making it look convincing from start to finish. It's only happened a handful of times, ironically enough, in some of the biggest games of the season. Uh, we saw it last year twice against Virginia Tech and Notre Dame in back to back weeks. Miami had a lot of questions about them and end up you know, rightfully so as they lost their final three games. But a lot of the questions about them revolved around, hey, can they look that good or can they look good and competent against two good opponents in Notre Dame and Virginia Tech? Well, they passed both of those tests last year with flying colors. Um, You you come back to this week and, and this season and you have a pretty good ACC team in Virginia, a team that a lot of people did not, and myself included, probably did not give enough credit to at the beginning of the year a lot of that, of course, had to do with the fact that they were breaking in an all new quarterback, and we weren't exactly sure what Bryce Perkins was going to be. But it turns out he's pretty good, and he's definitely capable enough of keeping um, the Miami defense on their toes. Uh, what, what's good about, uh, you know, what's good about him in this matchup for Perkins is that he's got the ability to run the football. Miami's front seven is very good. I'm not sure if Virginia can block Miami's front seven. We got similar situation to the one we had last week. Virginia's offensive line is better than Florida State's offensive line, but by the same token, this Miami front seven is still uber talented. I mean, they're very, very good. Uh, I think Bryce Perkins' ability with his feet uh, to keep plays alive I think will really benefit Virginia in this game because I'm not sure how well they're going to be able to run it right up the middle with Jordan Ellis like they like to do. Bryce Perkins, not the greatest passer, not the most efficient passer in the world, but he can certainly make some plays with his arm. Um, He's a really good athlete. I I think he'll have to use his full athletic ability to keep Virginia's offense afloat in this football game. I'm going to take Miami to cover six and a half on the road here, Joey, and the reason why is because I'm not sure Virginia is going to be able to score enough to keep it within a touchdown. Um, I, I trust Miami's offense against Virginia's defense. Even though Nikosi Perry looked a little shaky last week, I do trust the athletes that they have against a Virginia defense that has overall been pretty good. I'm I'm just more concerned with the other side of the football. I'm really concerned about Virginia's offense, especially if they can't get a run game going because then Bryce Perkins becomes one-dimensional, and I'm just not sure he can make enough plays in the passing game to beat Miami or to even keep it within a touchdown. So I think it'll be a competitive football game. I do. I think Virginia's a good team. They are playing at home. I think the hurricanes win this thing by seven 10 points. And I think they um, it's more of a situation where they might be up, you know, multiple scores late and Virginia scores a late one to, to you know, pull within 10 or to pull within seven. I think that's the kind of situation we're going to be dealing with. But I think
0: Miami wins this game fairly comfortably uh, pulling away in the second half. I think Miami like can and should win this game pretty comfortably. The, n- the number here is interesting to me. And frankly, if you told me this was Miami as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, I might be taking the points with Virginia. Um, to me, this seven points sounds about right. Again, I, I'm i still a little skeptical as to how much we can trust Miami to go into a, a, a relatively low-energy environment, coming off this big win at home. That was an emotional thing and the whole thing. I mean, I just – something about Miami to me, I, I, I'm, I'm fully confident they're going to win this game, but if you told me they're going to win this game by three, four, or seven – I would believe that a lot easier than I would believe them winning this game by 10 or 13 or 14, right? You know, so I think that's where I'm at is if I'm if I'm going to bet this game, I'm probably waiting until closer to kickoff to see which way the line moves. If it goes closer to even, I'm definitely betting Miami. If it grows a little bit, I'm betting Virginia. Um I, you know, now if, if as we sit here and talk about it Wednesday night, I'm probably going to leave it alone. It's this is a, a bit of a weird spot and again, Miami a, Clearly, a better team than Virginia, I would say. But Virginia has outperformed expectations this year, both on both sides of the ball, in a lot of ways. Um, and I, I'm really curious to see if Bronco Mendenhall can come up with some sort of game plan that's going to cause some problems for a Miami team that may be only 85 or 90 percent there on Saturday. And that's probably, again, that's probably all they need to win the game. But it, it's I, I'm curious to see how that actually really turns out. Um, in particular, running up there with a, a, a young, inexperienced quarterback like Nikosi Perry. Um, Virginia's defense generally pretty well coached could create some confusion could create a couple of turnovers. I mean, I, I'm just saying like, I, and maybe this is coming from getting burned the last couple of weeks, you know, laying points where I shouldn't have, or taking points where I shouldn't have. But um, in any case, I, I mean, I think that Virginia is capable of pulling a fairly stunning upset upset this week. I don't necessarily think that they will. So give me Miami to win this game. Um, let's go Miami thirty one twenty four. I think they barely cover, but again, seven sounds about right. For what it's worth, the total here is forty seven and a half. I kinda like the over on that. I kinda think Virginia's gonna score a few points. I think Miami's gonna out athlete Virginia in a couple occasions. My thoughts on forty seven and a half here?
1: Like the over. I'm with you. I like I do
0: like the over. It's a fairly low total. Uh um, yeah,
1: Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, I, I think there's
0: quite a bit of opportunity for this to get somewhat shoot outy Um And, I mean, either way, I mean, Miami could just totally run it up here, right? They, they I mean, they, they're capable of winning this game 42-14, and even that goes over. So right. I, I think I, I don't mind the over on a low total like this.
1: Yeah, the only thing I was going to add to to that, Joey, is, like, I, I mentioned that I don't think Virginia can score enough to keep it within a touchdown. Um, that doesn't mean I don't think they can score I, I do think they can score. I just don't know if it'll be enough to stay within a touchdown.
0: So I like the over there, too. I, I think that's pretty fair. Absolutely. Let's move on. 12 20 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra. The Duke Blue Devils in Atlanta taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who are a three point home favorite. This is the homecoming game for Georgia Tech, Mike. Um, and boy, there is a lot going on here as it, as it relates to trying to bet this game. Duke has already played Army this year. They won. They won convincingly. They defended them well. So now they get a second chance to defend Georgia Tech. By the way, they're coming off a bye week, too. Georgia Tech coming home after a really good showing against a low-key, crappy Louisville team. Um, they Now, Georgia Tech also has traditionally performed really well in the homecoming game under Paul Johnson, including against Duke and other ACC opponents. There's a lot going on here that I don't know really what to think. Duke is honestly probably the second, maybe third best defense that Georgia Tech will have seen so far this year. Um, they've looked really – Georgia Tech has looked really good on offense the last two weeks against a couple of really underwhelming defenses, and now they have to face a really good one. Can they keep that momentum going? I don't really know. Meanwhile, what's Daniel Jones at this point? Is, is he healthy? Is he a functional, effective quarterback? There is – look, Mike, here, here's the bottom line to me in, in this game – You're going to hear several people talking about the trends with Duke and what they are under Cutcliffe as an underdog, especially a small underdog and all this stuff, and people telling you, bet Duke, they're probably going to win this game, Georgia Tech, fool's gold, blah, 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 blah. There are a lot of things going in both directions in this game, and my best advice to anybody as a Georgia Tech fan is stay away from betting this game. I don't know what on earth is going to happen. I am stocking up the beer supply to make sure that I am able to emotionally handle whatever goes on on Saturday at Bobby Dodd Stadium. I do not know what I expect from this game at all. Hey, Joey, you know what we haven't done in a while? What's that? Flip a coin. Ooh, it might be time. Should we break it out? We could. What what, what are your thoughts on this game while I'm working on uh, firing up the old coin to flip? Um. Here's what I'm thinking.
1: Uh, everything you just said is completely and totally valid. I don't know what Duke is with Daniel Jones, what they are with Quentin Harris. I I don't know. I saw them lose to Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago before the bye week. At home, they got smoked. They got completely and totally overwhelmed. That was surprising to me. Everybody was telling me Duke was a good football team. Um, and then Virginia Tech came in the week after a loss to ODU. And boy, oh boy, did that go downhill quick um duke was completely out athlete it whatever Mm -hmm. a lot of talent for virginia tech um in that game was on and it was on clear display um that got out of hand pretty quickly um i don't know what to think of duke joey i don't um on the flip side i'm not really sure what to think of georgia tech obviously coming off of back-to-back wins now right um or at least two out of the last three games. But it was back-to-back wins, right? Bowling Green. Yeah. Is that two Bowling weeks ago? Green and Louisville now, yep. Yeah, Bowling Green. Okay, so Bowling Green was two weeks ago. So you're coming off back-to-back wins against two pretty bad football teams. Um, Georgia Tech just hung 66 on Louisville. Um, they're not going to hang 66 on Duke, but they're playing at home. It's a homecoming game. Uh, Georgia Tech needs this real bad um, for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. First and foremost being their bowl eligibility. Second of all, you win this game, you still have an outside shot at the Coastal if all hell breaks loose. There's a lot on the line for Georgia Tech here. Um, you jump ahead of Duke if you win this game, too, in the division. So this is, a, this is a pretty big game here on Saturday, probably the biggest game of the weekend in the ACC. I'm going to take Georgia Tech here, Joey. Uh, I, I'm i with you. Don't touch the line because it's already three and a half. Was it minus, Georgia Tech minus three at the moment? I've seen three and a half earlier this week that's where it's gonna hold I think um I've seen it as low as two in places yeah so
0: I mean I don't know don't touch it um we' we're, having a, conversation. We were having a conversation by the way on the from the rumble seat uh like the slack room today yep. somebody's saying you know oh Georgia Tech inside of a field goal or, or outside of a field goal even like are we saying that Duke and Georgia Tech are, are evenly matched, or even that Tech is better than Duke on a neutral field. And my answer, Mike, was that one does not simply walk into Bobby Dodd Stadium at 12.20 p.m. on the Raycom Network. Um, <laughs> look, this is an intimidating yeah. environment. It'll, it'll certainly be, sir. Yep. Yep. I don't know. So you got Georgia Tech minus three.
1: I got Georgia Tech I well, I got Georgia Tech to win. And let's put the coin on the cover.
0: Yeah. I, I know. I don't feel great about this one. You, you make a good point, though, about which team does this mean more to. And so the thing is, if I look down the line at what does Duke have left this year? So, first of all, they're 4-1. and one. So if you call it the, the the drive for six, so to speak, of, of trying to get to six wins, Duke has games left at home against Virginia, at Pittsburgh, at home against North Carolina, and at home against Wake Forest. I mean, they should go at least 3-1 and one in that stretch, in my mind, I mean they you're talking about a 7 or 8 win Duke team at this point regardless of what happens on on Saturday against Georgia Tech. So in that regard, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, Georgia Tech slipped up a couple times in games they should have won. And that's another thought I had was if they had beaten South Florida or Pittsburgh in games that reasonably they should have won both. I mean, we're talking about a 5 and 1 Georgia Tech instead of a 3 and 3 Georgia Tech and that just looks and sounds very different with only a few plays here or there in either of those games. Um uh, being considered. and so I this definitely is a more meaningful game for Georgia Tech in my mind. Um, they they need to win this game. Come out of this game at four and three and you feel decent about at Virginia Tech at North Carolina, Miami, Virginia, at Georgia. Um, if you come out of this at three and four, you gotta find three wins out of those final five games, and I'm not totally sure where all three of those are coming from. so, this definitely means a lot more to Georgia Tech, but even still, I don't know how I feel. And so there's, there's only one thing that we can do here, Mike, to, to get an official pick on this one. Flip it, baby. Flip a coin. Uh, by the way, hang on. No, 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 no. No, no. We got, we got to, we got to fix this. We did this wrong last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got yeah, to say it's what. Okay, we'll do it one time. Is... All right. Heads is Georgia Tech. Tails yeah. is Duke. Are we cool. ready? Yep. Yeah. Flip a coin. It's heads. Ha <laughs> hey. Georgia Tech covers three. That's what we're going with. Let's roll. We're rolling with, uh, you know, we're we're going with the uh, the Harvey Dent theory here, Mike. We're flipping the coin. We're going with whatever the coin says because that's how we live and die here. Georgia Tech covers three. Uh, we'll call it twenty-eight uh, twenty-four. Georgia Tech winning the homecoming game. Let's do it. Lock sure. it up, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lock it up. Sure. Let's move on. Seven o'clock on ESPNU, Mike. Your Virginia Tech Hokies, a five-and-a-half-point road favorite in Chapel Hill against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Are you personally offended by this line of Virginia Tech by less than a touchdown?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the, my, this is my <laughs> lock.
0: Of, Joey, Joey, good news, buddy.
1: This is my lock of the week. Woo! We're going to lock it gotcha. up. This is my pick of the week. Um I really like Ryan Willis against this defense. Really like it. And North Carolina's defense, not great. The only thing working against Virginia Tech in this game, now stay with me, Joey, is the fact that Chester Rat's now out for the year, unfortunately, which sucks on a number of levels, right? Number one, you don't want to see a guy get hurt. Um, number two, Larry Fedora won't put him in the game to throw four passes with three of them being interceptions. So, you know. That's a bummer. Um
0: yeah, that, that's the deal. thing is like it you know, we we don't wish an injury on him. That that is that sucks. His season's over. That sucks. All this stuff. But you almost wonder does it make North Carolina a better team if they don't have to sit here and flip-flop between quarterbacks that are bad and worse. If they can just stick with the one that's kind of bad, does that does that help them as a team maybe? I don't know.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I in my opinion it does that that he's now that he's out and the only reason why i say that is because fedora was putting him in crap situations he would go in the game and then he'd be he'd look totally unprepared and i mean he'd be garbage which doesn't help anybody and doesn't help the flow of the offense for sure um and then you look at nathan elliott and he's not that good either and now he doesn't have to look over his shoulder which i think helps him um North Carolina's bad, though, and Virginia Tech is probably an eight- or nine-win team, and they're not bad, and they'll go to a bowl game, and they'll beat North Carolina by multiple scores in this football game. Uh, Don't touch the over-under here. They're calling for tropical rain on Saturday in the North Carolina area near Chapel Hill where this game's going to be played. So Uh, that that ended well for North Carolina a couple years ago. Um, They got throttled. Uh, as a home favorite it was like not even a
0: competitive football game Um, virginia tech in chapel hill as a road favorite in a hurricane a tradition unlike any other
1: yes and just like that game two years ago i think this will also be a route um i think virginia tech wins this game by like 14 points
0: i i i totally agree with you this is I, i was telling you before we came on here the, the biggest thing that kills me in retrospect is that the whole week, all last week, everybody was telling me that Syracuse minus three and a half at Pittsburgh stunk to high heavens. And I was just like, no, I look, I'm taking, you know, I'll, I'll take whatever gift I get in, in terms of gambling and, and all this. And next thing you know, we've all lost our money. But I, I mean, this is another one of those that, Mike, I, I cannot figure out why Virginia Tech is less than a touchdown favorite, even on the road against North Carolina. I mean, North Carolina, an objectively pretty bad team. North, You know, Virginia Tech, an objectively pretty good team. I, I can't figure this out. And yet I am nervous because this is such an odd-looking line that, like, I feel like I'm missing something. And in the same way that I lost money on it last week, I'm nervous about losing money on this this week. Um, I, for, one, for what it's worth, I was – absolutely all uh, all in on taking the over in this game the total is 57 and a half and then you mentioned that there's this you know th- there's a hurricane coming and first of all if you're if you're impacted by this hurricane if you're in the path of the hurricane uh, please stay safe our thoughts and prayers are with you this is a, a very dangerous you know weather event that's coming in an area that has not experienced something like this in the, in the recent past so um, please be safe we we hope that you're okay now as to how this impacts a football game on saturday it definitely could keep that total low, but again, Virginia Tech thirty-four-three over North Carolina two years ago when this basically this exact same scenario came up. So, I, I I feel comfortable again with Virginia Tech by a touchdown or more. That I almost feel like I'm missing something. That this line is what it is, but I, I'm with you, Mike. Uh, give me Virginia Tech here to win big. Um, I'll take them, knowing that it's in the rain. Uh, we'll go thirty-one thirteen, maybe. I think it's a little closer than two years ago, but not all that close even still. Biggest issue in the rain is if Virginia Tech can pull together a running game, which has been spotty at best this year in a lot of cases. Um, North Carolina's defense, maybe not even spotty at best, maybe just outright bad in most cases this year. So it may not matter, but, I mean, sure. Let's just take Virginia Tech to cover five and a half and get the hell out of here. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Let's move on. 12:30 p.m. on the ACC Network Extra Louisville the Cardinals on the road in Chestnut Hill at Boston College the Eagles a 13 and a half point favorite Boston College coming off of a uh, a frustrating loss to North Carolina State they did not have AJ Dillon they may or may not be getting him back this week my my take on this frankly mike is that if he was a game time decision last week that tells me generally with an extra week to get healthy he's He's probably coming back this week, but who knows? Even still, Boston College, a two-touchdown favorite in this game. They won by three last year in Louisville, and that was a Lamar Jackson-Louisville team. I think to me, Mike, the biggest question here comes down to this. Has Louisville quit? And I told you on the recap, I leaned over to my dad in the first quarter of the game last week and want to see if Louisville keeps playing hard or if they quit, and it kind of looked like they quit in that game last Friday. And if they quit, I don't know that they're coming back this year. There might not be another win on the schedule for them. I feel pretty freaking good about Boston College in this game.
1: With or without A.J. Dillon, I completely agree with you. Um, I, look, <laughs> Boston College, they're an interesting team. Mm-hmm. They uh, um, they can't win on the road. and home, they look completely different. Um, the team without A.J. Dillon is just not great. Um,
0: I don't it's know kind if of he the Boston College that almost got Steve Adazio fired.
1: Yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I think we're back in that realm, and I think this is a better team that's playing down without one of their best players, which happens all the time, right? It's not a, not a huge surprise. Yeah. Um, Louisville is ready to quit. <laughs> they're so ready to roll over. And BC is due for a big week. Um they, they've had a rough go of it here the last last two or three weeks, honestly. They've just they've had a rough go of it. Uh-huh. Um they are they are way due for a blowout, and I think they're gonna get it this weekend, Joey. Um, because I don't care if they have AJ Dillon or not, like, bro, Louisville's bad, man. Like they're the worst team in the ACC. I mean, they're they're atrocious. And BC is maybe not as good as a lot of people thought they were, and I think it we can talk about whether that's fair or unfair because they're all AC, you know, an all ACC running back potential, all American running back is injured right now. Uh, but man, they uh, they're not going to lose to Louisville whether they have AJ Dillon or not. Keep an eye on the line. I uh, feel pretty good about BC covering two touchdowns but I feel less good about it if A.J. Dillon doesn't play. Um, That's not to say that it won't be a comfortable win. It's just a lot of points, even for a Louisville team that's as bad as they are.
0: I'm encouraged by what Anthony Brown looked like last week. Even with no A.J. Dillon, even against a pretty tough NC State team, I mean, he was 14-25. to He didn't turn the ball over. Like, that's a good thing, right? We've seen him in a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde thing this year where he's had two, like, really bad games and otherwise been – average to good. Um, So, so that gives me some confidence, right? If, if even if AJ Dillon can't play, then what? Um, I'm also given confidence by the fact that Louisville's defense is still being coached by the notorious BBG, which generally ends in one way. And and it's not really one of uh, of happiness and pride. So I, I think this is maybe a bit of a, uh, a bit of a frustration taken out kind of game by Boston college. I think Louisville's quitting. I, I don't think the players believe in Bobby Petrino and this coaching staff. I, I think this thing is going to get worse before it gets better. 13 and a half is a lot of points, but I think Boston College is going to cover this pretty comfortably. Um, I'm going to go Boston College by like 24 points in this game. I mean, not even all that. Yeah. I mean, this like beatdown. I think Louisville is about to get shredded for the back half of this schedule. So let's go Eagles, uh, 45-24. 45-21, I guess, would be 24 points. Yeah. Wow. Not pretty. Not pretty. Total 61 here. 45-21 would put you barely over the total of 61. So it's kind of in that neighborhood. But, yeah, I I think this is going to be – ain't going to be pretty. Let's put it that way. It ain't going to be pretty. We found out – by the way, Mike, we found out last week – if Boston College just decides to, to run the clock and then stop running the score up, it doesn't matter because Louisville can't stop the run. Right. <laughs> right. They like, really can't. So even if Boston College doesn't make many attempts to throw the ball at all, they might run up the score on them. So let's take Boston College to cover 13 and a half. And you know what, Mike? Let's make that a pick of the week. Wow. Without A.J. Dillon, pick of the week. Lock that bad boy up, Mike. 13 and a half. We're laying them with Boston College. We're rolling. Eagles covering 13 and a half pick of the week. Lock it up. Like it. Like it. I like Lock it. Lock it up. We got to get back closer to 500. I'm at uh, two and four in the year for what that's worth. In any case, uh, last game, like 2.30 p.m., every college football fan's favorite game time slot. This one's on NBC. The Pitt Panthers, a three-touchdown dog on the road at number five Notre Dame, which I, I don't know what I expected. Um Do I sound like a really bad college football better if I am just glad to lay 21 points in this game with Notre Dame? I think Dexter Williams already has 200 yards rushing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You know, I don't think Notre Dame has a
0: letdown here, do you? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I'm looking at the like, look on your face and you're just like, I, I don't know how to sugarcoat this. Uh this is this is gonna uh, be a crime on national television. Like
1: Oh, blood, it's a bloodbath. Oh man, Brandon Wimbush might be in the game the second quarter. Man, oh man. I put, now put it a, this he, way he plays, he plays Notre Dame Tough historically. Like they play they played Notre Dame Tough before. That's happened. I Way I'm, yes, I'm sure it has. When was it? 20, uh, 2012 national championship year when they went to the uh, they went to the title game. Pitt actually almost knocked off Notre Dame in South Bend. But um, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. But that was like six that was like six years ago. And was that their first year in the ACC. Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe twenty twelve. It was either twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, sure. That was six years ago um yeah yeah. i saw notre dame in person last week and there's no way in hell that notre dame team is going back home in south bend fifth in the country college football playoff clearly in their sight there is zero 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 chance that brian kelly's team is losing this football game zero chance dexter williams could run for a thousand yards in this game He's going to run all over this Pittsburgh defense, Joe. I mean, this Pitt defense is not good. And Notre Dame's rushing offense, real good. And Dexter Williams is only scratching the surface. That was only his second game of the year last week. He's come back in two of the biggest games of the year. He returned from suspension. He's gone well over 150 yards in both games, went for over 170 in Blacksburg last Saturday. This is the guy who's ready for the prime time. He's an unbelievable running back. Ian Book just keeps gaining confidence, and this Notre Dame defense is championship caliber, bro. Pray for Pitt. Pray for him. This game, is, uh, you can pick another letdown game on Notre Dame's schedule if you like. Be my guest. This is not it. Pittsburgh is
0: really bad, and they are not going to South Bend and being this Notre Dame. Mike, I, I think there's only one thing that we can do here. We got to, I mean, we got to call this game what it is. This game is the lock of the year. This game is the lock of the year. <laughs> you, I'm not you doing can, it. You can bet this game like it. it's already been played. It's over. It's over. You
1: can't. We're not doing that anymore. We are not doing that anymore. If you want to bet 100 bucks on the money line to get, like, 50 cents back on Notre Dame, that's fine. You can do that. But I am, I am not calling anything the lock in the year. Never doing that again. Learned my lesson. With that being said, this game is absolutely the lock of the year. Notre Dame wins this game. Huge. Huge.
0: Oh, man. Four scores. Man. Uh, four,
1: score yeah. and seven, four score and seven years ago, last time Pitt beat Notre Dame. It's not going to happen
0: this Saturday either. In all seriousness, I mean, Notre Dame 42 to 10. I'm betting it. I mean, are like, you are, any, anybody? Yeah. I'm, I'm betting it. I don't know how Pittsburgh's going to move the ball. I don't know how Pittsburgh's going to consistently stop Notre Dame. Yeah. I, 21 points is a lot. Notre Dame's at home. They've been absolutely just wrecking people for a, almost a month now. I, I'm given 21 points with Notre Dame in this game against Pittsburgh. I pff, Sure, I'm happy to do it. Like I said a couple weeks ago, Mike, I'll, I'll give you 30 with Notre Dame in this game. 42 to 10, Irish. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's both lock it up.
1: We'll, we'll call this our co-lock of the week. This just like – Double this barrel
0: is, lock of the week.
1: Double barrel lock of the week. You and I could go on this, go in on this one together. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, Notre Dame is should be smooth sailing on Saturday. I just don't want anything to count when it involves laying three touchdowns. That's all. This won't count against my uh, my pick of the week number, which is obviously you know pristine and valuable at this point at, at a uh, you know two and four mark on the year. So correct, of course. Keep that in mind. Um. All right. We agree then Notre Dame covering 21, like I said, like 42 to 10. I don't think this is anywhere close. Um, all right, Mike. Well, it turns out we agree on all five games this week. And that gives me a lot of concern. We are also taking the favorites in all five games this week. That gives me more concern. I feel like series letting me down and that Duke is going to be the one team that covers and maybe wins outright as an underdog this week, but that's the pessimistic Atlanta and Georgia tech sports fan in me. So, uh, you know, Take that for what you will. Um, anything else before we get out of here? Um, what's your no. what's your weekend look like? What what are you doing here?
1: Um, try to migrate back to the East Coast after a nice unexpected trip to California.
0: Um, there yeah. are worse places you could go unexpected, though. For what that's worth,
1: completely agree.
0: Glass, I completely agree.
1: Um, a beer, a beer, or tequila. Oh, speaking of this weekend, glass half full with beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Watching college football here. There's some good games on this weekend outside the ACC, though. Michigan, Wisconsin, LSU plays Georgia. There's some good stuff on.
0: Yeah, I. I'm gonna do the thing that we uh, we're not frequently gonna do on this podcast and advocate watching games that are not ACC games this weekend? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, obviously a bit of a weird slate. Keep an, keep an eye out for these games because, again, something is going to get weird somewhere and you're going to want to be yeah. able to tune into that when it happens. However, wow, that's weird. Where...
1: Pitt is, Pitt's got a game with Notre Dame and South Bend in the fourth quarter. That's strange.
0: I mean, I, I don't know if it's going to get that strange, Mike. But... It's not. Definitely It's not. <laughs>
1: It's really bad.
0: I look forward to our recap episode where we talk about Pitt beating Notre Dame by unholy methods or something. I don't know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So keep your eye on these games, but there are other big time games across the country that are are maybe a little more impactful on the direction of the general college football landscape. So maybe focus on those while monitoring what's going on in the conference. If you, uh, if your team is not playing at the moment, um, Other than that, Mike, I, I've been out of town three of the last four weekends. I am looking forward to, um, what I call the occupy couch movement. If you remember occupy wall street, I I have my own thing where I occupy my couch and I don't move except I have to get up and like tend to the ribs that I'm going to be making at some point. So we're going ribs and football and beer on Saturday. And I think that's the way that God intended it. So, um, I look forward to a a, uh, a recap show where I am fully one hundred percent immersed and educated on what happened on the uh, the ACC games after uh, several weekends again out of town. It'll be will uh, be kind of nice. So uh, keep Hell an eye yeah. out for me on Twitter on Saturday. I'll be a lot more active. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Mike, we got to get out of here. Uh, again, it's been a busy week for the both of us at work, and uh, we got you know a lot of interesting games this weekend i promise we'll see maybe probably not who knows Uh, until then we're going to come back and recap those games but until then you can find us on twitter i'm at ftrs joey he is at mike mcdaniel cfb and together we're at bc podcast acc you can send us an email with your questions comments concerns to the longest email address no demand basketball conference podcast at gmail.com nailed it yeah You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever find podcasts are sold for free. And, Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias.
1: Facebook, facebook.com slash basketballconference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Rate and
0: review us on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Hell, yeah. And you can find us on YouTube. You just got to search for basketball conference. We're going to be posting this video. We did not post the week six recap. We had some uh, technical difficulties that made it a a mess of a viewing experience. But this one has gone really smoothly. So uh, you can come see the – Come see the sultry tones of our voices on, on YouTube if you so choose. Oh, yeah. Um, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. You want to come back I and recap these games on Sunday? Yeah, we're going to have to. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, we're we're uh, we're committed to a life of indentured servitude. So go ACC to that. Yep. All right. Well, travel safe home. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, we will talk Sunday. And until next time... For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC.